Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Geekscapists. I hope you're well. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape podcast, well, strap yourselves in. We're going to be talking some pop culture, especially this episode. Uh, sometimes I have a guest on Geekscape. I love the interviews. We've had some awesome interviews uh, in the past uh, couple episodes. Those have been great. The numbers have been fantastic. So thank you to all of you for uh, sharing the show, telling your friends about it, um, leaving reviews, subscribing all of the things that you all are doing because i'm really happy with the numbers that being said uh sometimes i like to talk a little bit of news and reviews which is what this episode is going to be about uh i have my good friend garrett briones who's geekscapes award uh he is living uh he doesn't live with me but that'd be weird uh he's he's quote unquote geekscapes award and uh like bruce and uh and dick grayson bruce wayne and dick grayson he he i've taken him under my wing here at geekscape and I've uh, trained him. Actually, I think I think Matt Kelly is Dick Grayson. Matt Kelly is the first. All right. So Garrett sadly has the Joker and a crowbar coming his way. <laughs> He's, I guess that would make Garrett like Jason Todd. Um, but Garrett Briones is on the show, uh, my former film student. And he's going to be talking all sorts of stuff. Comics. We're going to be talking about Andor. If you're watching that new Disney Plus show, the Star Wars show, um, video games. We're going to really we're going to tackle everything here on this brand new Geekscape. Uh, things are going to get a little crunchy here on Geekscape for the next couple of weeks. I get married in less than three weeks. <laughs> Y'all probably still want your podcast. You're like, I don't care if you get married, Jonathan. I want to hear my nerd talk. Um, yes, I think that is. Um, I'll tell you what, let's make a deal. If you will hit that share button and send Geekscape to your friends right now and say, hey, you've got to subscribe to this podcast, I will continue to give you consistent podcasts through the wedding. Yeah, I know. Uh, things are getting pretty hectic. I am pre-recording an episode coming up this week with an actor. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but if you're an MCU fan, you're going to be pretty happy and like shocked. You're going to be like, What? How did he get that guy on his show? <laughs> what? Uh, so be watching for that one. I'm probably going to run it next week, uh, pre-recording it this week. And then uh, we'll see what happens between now and the wedding. Um, I jet right after the wedding to Santa Fe to show El Rey again. Uh, we've had two El Rey screenings in the last two, three weeks. So things have been kind of hectic. What do you want from me? Uh, I want to make movies. I have a movie out right now. Uh, it's just a little short in festivals, but it's getting programmed, which is great. Um, I don't think I've skipped a beat on the Geekscapes, though. So, you know, we're doing all right. Uh, let's not skip a beat now. We can talk after the intro. So let's go ahead and run it. We'll be right back. And we'll be talking news, reviews, comics, video games, and more with Garrett, the Geekscape Award. All right. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Geekscape. Sorry if I'm a little bit distracted. A uh, lot going on here. Uh, I just got back to Los Angeles. I had about 24, 30 hour period. 
with Heidi before she flew to the East Coast for a high school reunion. And of course, we get married in three weeks. Uh, that being said, she is in the comments <laughs> while she sits at the Austin airport for her connection to Los Angeles. Uh, and, and and she she starts out sweet. Let's let's go ahead and run the commentary on this. She goes, hi, XO, on her Facebook. I guess she's watching on her phone there in the Austin airport. And then when I start talking about doing podcasts through the wedding, the comments quickly turn into, wait, what? <laughs> okay, oh, wait, hold on there, hold on. Here's the next comment, all caps, through the wedding. How will you do that? No, no, I will not be, pod- uh, I'm not podcasting our wedding, all right? Um, but uh, it takes me an hour to record a Geekscape. It takes me another hour to kind of like skim it, look for edits, and upload it to you, uh, the audio version. So I think I can do a Geekscape and have it out for y'all. Uh, I think Heidi should be a guest, actually. I think Heidi should be on Geekscape uh, when we get married. Uh, that week or the week after, we should talk about, hey, you're married now, and how nerdy was our wedding? We have a pretty nerdy wedding planned for our guests. Um, some A lot of former Geekscape guests are going to be there. A lot of friends of Geekscape are going to be there. Some Geekscapers are going to be there. And uh, as Heidi now says in the comments, that could be fun. You see you see how you see how I play the game here? <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Uh, yeah, let's say, uh, you know what, baby, will you let me podcast uh, the week of our wedding if you're the guest? A little bit of, you know, just a little bribery. <laughs> that is manipulation, Jonathan. Do not do that. Um, but yes, uh, Heidi, come on the show the, the week of our wedding and let's 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 talk about it. Um, all right, uh, Matt Kelly's in the in the comments. He says, you know, I was actually uh, going to do a red carpet live stream at your wedding. Yeah, go go ahead, Matt. I mean, Matt is a groomsman. Uh, he is actually in the wedding, Matt Kelly, the first ward. So I'm excited about that. Um, it's going to be a celebration. Uh, and then here's funny. Uh, my friend Nazinga Blake, who I learned, I met years ago before, uh, at the beginning of Geekscape. She used to work for Current. She's a better host than me. She should be hosting this show. Uh, she says, hi, Jonathan. Hey, Nazinga, how are you? Now, there's a professional host right there. Um, speaking of wards, we got Matt Kelly, the first ward in the comments. Let's go ahead and bring in the second ward. Um, that This would be the Jason Todd ward. That's that's Garrett. See, I was hoping you would find someone to say it was the same. I, I wanted to be Tim Drake, but I mean, I guess if I got to get beaten to death with the crowbar, at least I get to be Red Hood and have thousands of fans so. you get to be red hood tim drake is the next yeah the next robin so no matt kelly is dick grayson that makes um sense. you're you um, you got a crowbar coming but you know what you bounce back yeah i mean he's very popular if you go on twitter he's a very popular character red hood is uh you know he's a very popular a very very passionate fan base <laughs> very passionate. They, they, i say someone who is a fan of red hood but there are some people that are they are very protective of jason todd and if you Ooh, like when they when he changed his outfit and he had like the red like half mask. Ooh, it was it was it's crazy in there. Well, um, we we'll be talking comics here, Geeks Gavis. Uh, first, I I just got to catch y'all up on what a crazy ass time I've had since last we spoke. Uh, if you go back in the feed, we had an awesome roundtable. Garrett was a part of it where we broke down D twenty three and all the Marvel announcements, the Disney announcements, the Pixar announcements. The Star Wars ones, <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, those Robinson Inmans. Uh, so go back in the feed if you want to hear our opinions of everything that was announced at D23. Uh, we also, again, like I said, have some amazing interviews up on the feed. Again, thank you for the increased numbers. Uh, things have been rough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Birmingham Film Festival happened in the midst of this. We showed El Rey, and then I flew to Austin. And showed the movie at the Lake Travis Film Festival, which you're like, hey, like, I never heard of the Lake Travis Film Festival. No, it's in its third year. It's a small boutique festival. And I'll tell you, it was an excuse for Jonathan to go home and visit his parents, a little bit of a relaxation, get to connect with my parents right before we turn around and uh, get married. And I was like, hey, things are building up. I got a lot of stresses going on here. I need a, I need to just kick back, go to a festival, celebrate the movie. I got to see Geekscapus Ian Rainey in Austin. He came to the El Rey screening. I got to catch up with him in it for a day. We had a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, Saturday night, I'm home. And my parents are flying back from a trip. And they call me as I'm at the film festival and say, hey, uh, so we landed in Austin. We have news. Uh, we, we, we think we have COVID. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, Can you all not speed back from the airport quite yet? Let me run home, grab all my stuff, and move my stuff out of 
the house where I was going to stay and see my parents and, you know, kick back a little bit before this bachelor becomes a married man. And that did not happen. I raced uh, back to the house. I grabbed my luggage. I moved it. And I got to see my parents from 10 feet away. Uh, through the window. Through the window. Hand on either side. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it was pretty depressing, man. I got to tell you the truth. Like, I needed a, a hug. I needed, like, to a little bit of R&R with my parents and, and have one last little piece of peace and quiet before the wedding. And uh, that did not happen. It was pretty, pretty depressing. I got to tell you. Um, but I was going to fly back maybe early. And I thought, no, 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 no. Jonathan, you're doing you're taking all the precautions. You're being safe. Um, we're going to wear a mask. And your parents have been gone for like two, three weeks. They don't have any groceries in their house. Like, dude, take care of your parents. So I got to go grocery shopping. I got to take I got to go pick up my parents mail. And I love them. There's not a lot of opportunities where you get to tell your parents how much they like they mean to you. And I, I took that opportunity. Uh, I'll tell you one instance, though, where, where Jonathan, the egg really started to crack with Jonathan. Uh, my father left his iPad on the plane. It happens. I left a freaking uh, Game Boy Advance on the plane. I never got it back. And that, that was heartbreaking for uh, me. I remember I leaving my game. I was almost done with like so many games and I left it on the freaking plane. Uh, so my dad leaves the iPad on the plane, but he can track his device. And it ended up in the Austin airport. All I had to do was to convince Air Canada to give my dad it give me the ipad hmm. my dad couldn't go because he got freaking covid right which yeah. no fault of his like we're gonna catch it sooner or later we're gonna catch it my, my parents made it a nice two and a half years hmm. being responsible and vaccinated all that so so i'm super proud of them and i'm super happy that they uh they're doing great um so i have to go to the austin airport to get this <laughs> ipad back for canada i was like this is gonna be simple it'll take me five minutes we already know where it is they uh, have already um, told Air Canada, I got to go get it. Here's the problem here, Garrett. Air Canada subcontracts to the Austin airport. It's not Air Canada. Uh. It's like some other company that is only at the airport for like two hours a day. And when they're not running the gate for Air Canada, they're mm. running the ticket booth. And there's only like three employees. So they can't cover both at the same time. Yeah, so no. I go to the ticket booth and I'm like, this will be easy. I'm going to go get that iPad, mm. that, that iPad. And all I hear is like, okay, where are they? An hour goes past. They're not there. And I'm like, okay, let me go to the information desk. I don't know where they are. The information desk doesn't help. I go to the lost and found. We don't carry their, yeah. we don't cover their lost and found. That's like if you leave something like on a bench in the airport. That's what yeah. the lost and found is for. So I'm like, all right, where the heck are these Air Canada people? So I go and I go to ask the dude with the walkie talkie who's, you know, helping with the ticketing. Mm. And he says, oh, yeah, they're going to be back in, in like an hour probably. They're, they're like, taking care of deboarding the, the you know the, the flights and i was like okay well if you can get anybody here faster than that i'd really appreciate it and i'm like texting them i'm tweeting angrily yeah. i'm trying to keep it together um i've been there for three hours at this point uh and it's getting a little stressful finally <laughs> my phone's about to die and i see the air canada employees like finally come up and there's a line of people who are about to miss their flights and need to check their bags. Hmm. So I let them go first. I finally get up there and I say, hi, I'm asking about the iPad. And they're like, great. Are you Jack? I'm like, no, I'm his son. They're like, okay, we really need to talk to Jack. I'm like, hey, he's not going to make it. He's at home. He, uh, he's, he's, he's sick. And they're like, why? Hmm. I was like, because he got COVID on your flight. <laughs> like, I did, a little, did, a little, <laughs> did a little knife twist on that one. Hmm. I was like, you know what? He caught COVID on your flight. Hmm. And... Um, so you got me. Uh, I'm his son. And they're like, okay, well, uh, I guess we can give it to you if you put his PIN number in. No. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't have my dad's PIN number. Yeah. I don't live with it. Because I, I, I don't use it. It's not my iPad. Yeah. So they're like, they, they present the iPad to me like, yeah, just put in his PIN <laughs> number it. and you're good to go. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't have this information. So I'm like, I don't. It's easy to solve, though. It's technology. I'm going to text my father. Hmm. I'm going to get the, I text my father. And I say, hey, dad, what's your PIN number on the iPad? And then my phone dies. Uh. <laughs> of course it dies. Like three hours in, it dies. Um, I was ready to blow up right there, Garrett. Could have used Could've my a charger. I could have used my ward. I mean, I was going back and forth to the car to charge it uh -huh. in the interim, and it just didn't charge enough. And um, I shouldn't have been angrily tweeting. Is the problem? I shouldn't have <laughs> oh, been like, angrily. I saw. Tweeting. I saw the book. I cared. I should have. I'm. I'm. My apologies. I deleted the tweets. They're still there somewhere. <laughs> but please, I. I was. 
I was stressed out. You know, I, my parents are sick at home. I'm trying to take care of them. Things aren't going the way I want. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, we got the the films and the the geekscapes and the wedding and all this pressures. You know, I started to feel like like Peter Parker. He just has to make it back yeah. to Aunt May with for dinner and like yeah. the freaking vulture attacks him and the Sandman <laughs> pops up and suddenly like Hydro Man's running around and you got to deal with Doc Ock. Like I was like, can everybody just chill for two seconds so that Peter can make it back with Aunt May's medicine? Can we so just wait. chill? And so the phone, I'm able to resuscitate the phone just enough for, for it to turn on. And my dad has sent me the PIN number. I put it in and they say, great, just sign this. No, thanks. And I grab the PIN. I just grab, I just grab the iPad. And I walk out of the airport. I had had it. I was done. I grab the iPad. I walk out of the airport. I get, I get the car and I'm like, crack it i'm like that was too much these yeah. people are yelling at me like why would you have the ipad why would you have the pin number because i don't live with him it's not yeah, my yeah. ipad why don't you live with him because i'm 43 years old i don't live with my freaking parents okay like just leave me alone yeah. everybody just leave me alone i wanted to yell everybody leave me alone at least 15 times this past <sighs> week and i get in the car i turn on the phone uh as i charge it and and heidi's like yeah. everything okay and i was like I, I got the ipad and then i got the hell out of the airport before i ended up on somebody's tiktok video like it, it got close, man. I almost, I almost did a Karen. You almost got Karen. What's a what's this a male is, Karen? I don't know what it is. A Brad or a Dan? Is that what it what is? Is it? I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying. I don't know. I needed I'm my ward name. there, man. I needed. Oh. I meant um, no. I meant Matt Kelly. Oh, okay. Yeah, Matt <laughs> Kelly should have been there. That's his <laughs> I needed Matt Kelly there, and uh, and things were getting. You know, I just too much. Um, you know, I, I wrote the, about this on Twitter. It was really sad. I uh, no, it wasn't sad. I I've been consolidating my bank accounts because Heidi and I are going to share our finance. You know, we're getting married. In case you didn't know that, we're getting married. And I was like, I don't need this bank account, in Austin. That I uh, I opened it for the health savings account. Like this, we're going to get to the geek stuff. Just trust me, geek savers. Money. But space. this is this hit me pretty bad. You know, this one hit me. I go to this bank to close this account. I don't need the banking the checking account anymore. Uh. And I'm trying to like streamline, consolidate finances. I walk in. It's the it's the church that my brother's funeral was in back in '96. Dude, I wasn't ready for that. I mean, I, as I'm driving to it, yeah. I was like, dude, this this is the I know where I'm going, but I don't know it as a bank. Yeah. It was a church. It was the church that my brother was funeral uh-huh. was in, and now it was a bank. Wow. So I went in there, and the guy was like, "Hey, just a couple forms to fill out." I was like, "I'll sign anything." Like just. I, I'm I'm totally wigged out right now. I'm totally yeah. like weirded out. And uh so the trip, yeah. the Austin trip was emotional. It was stressful. <laughs> it was weird. I came back and I was like, I gotta reconstitute myself, bang. And so I scheduled a film shoot like three days before my wedding in San Francisco. <laughs> That's an end, dude. And then, then we got married, and then I go to Sam the Fay to show the movie again. You know what, Heidi, I love you. You wanted a, you wanted the filmmaking life. This is the filmmaking life. Yeah. A journeyman. I'm literally filming like Tuesday and then coming back. Rehearsal dinner Thursday. Wedding Friday. And you know what? Before I go and film on Tuesday, Geekscape with Heidi Cox. So you know what? Pick it, Heidi. You want the Monday before our wedding? You want the Monday after our wedding? Heck yeah. What do you want? What do you want, Heidi? This is the filmmaking life, Heidi. You're gonna make films. I'm gonna make films. We're gonna. We're gonna this is what you gotta strap yourselves up for. This is unrelenting. And Matt, Matt, Matt Kelly, he's he's in the comments. He says, "I'm here, my liege." No, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's not like that, Matt. That Matt's doing a great job, dude. Matt's doing a great job on Heck Geekscape. Yeah. I gotta tell you, the the numbers are great, and I'm super happy. Uh, Matt says we should podcast the Friday during your wedding. I should shoot something. You got all those people no, there? Just shoot yeah. something. Just write a script real quick. <laughs> no. <laughs> Practice at the rehearsal and just shoot it on the day. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Star Star 2902 from Twitch says, you got to send us photos from the wedding. There will be photos of the wedding. We're going to have a... We, guys, this is a pretty nerdy wedding. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, but yeah, uh, we got... It's fun. And Heidi's like, you know what? You're not the only filmmaker here no no heidi is very much a filmmaker um she's a better writer than me i'll tell you that (laughs) she she is it's just the truth she's a better writer than me garrett um i write a lot but i think i write a lot of a lot of like noise heidi actually like writes with like focus oh what's that like i don't don't know but but she'll write she'll write she'll be like yeah i spent like an hour on something and i'll read it i'll be like this is better than anything i've spent a month on so that's fun uh we know where the talent is in this (laughs) 
relationship. Um, all right, Garrett, speaking of yes. talent, um, can I just tell you, dude, like straight up how I was not that into like the idea of another Star Wars show so quickly after Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, you know, and then I hear like Andor's like 18 episodes long. Is that correct? 18 uh, episodes? It is 24, two 12 24. episodes. Yes. Wow. So it's good. So I'm, I'm like, okay, Jonathan, you're signing up for like 24 episodes of Andor. I'm not looking for it too much, but Heidi went out of town. Ian and Justin on the chat started talking about and or Jonathan, have you watched it? Jonathan, have you watched it? So I was like, okay, there's three episodes up. I'm doing laundry and just kind of like re putting my head together. I'm going to put Andor on. Hmm. And I got to tell you, dude, Garrett, Andor's awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> Andor yes, it is. is. <laughs> Andor's awesome. I, 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 I've been looking forward to the show because I, you know, I really, of, of all the characters in Rogue One, I really like Diego Luna's portrayal of Andor. The line that sticks out to me the most like from that movie is when they're rallying everybody. Uh, he says, make 10 men feel like 100. And I that's just always something that is just stuck with me. And, you know, uh, I know we're, there's a lot of prequel shows going on right now. Uh, you know, Be Better Call Saul just wrapped up. We got House of the Dragon. Some people were asking, do we need another show that's a prequel? And I say, uh, Rings, yes, we yeah. do. Yes. Uh, I... I this show, it's it's so many things. It's a spy thriller, but also it's a mundane, like a look at the mundane life. You know, people are talking about calf, which if you read Star Wars novels like me, uh, you know that that's their version of coffee. So they said calf, and I was like, oh, oh. and I was like, they're like they're people. Like that's what I love about it so far. And Garrett, they're they're name dropping planets from like Battlefront Two yeah. and in in specific types of ships and things, but. I don't know if mundane's the word. It's just it's the you know what this is the used real Star Wars universe I've wanted since Jedi, mm. and 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 you see hints of it in in the movies. You see hints of it in the shows up to here, uh, up to now. I thought that first pilot of you definitely see it in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think the, the first two seasons of Mandalorian you definitely see a used universe, a familiar gritty universe. That first episode of Ben of Obi Wan Kenobi when he has like a, a menial job in hiding. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I can get into this. Like, I want to see this used, lived-in universe that made that the first Star Wars film and New Hope did so well. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, this is it. The, I mean, yes, you see the underbelly of some planets, like you said. You see the the workers of the Star Wars universe, yeah. the unglamorous stuff. You see different uh, political sects. That being said, in 24 episodes you'd think that it's going to be boring you think that it's going to be drawn out and this is a much more uh focused pace than we've had yeah. than we had in like the really fast moving star wars stuff up to this point on disney mm -hmm. plus uh but it's good yeah the characters are fleshed out and there's a lot of room to breathe in this and the moments are touching and you get the motivations and tony gilroy just needs to be and his whole team just needs to be really applauded on yeah. this one because this this feels great. This feels right. This feels like Star Wars. When I I knew not only was I in, but I knew we were in for something different. When literally in the opening, you know, the first like ten or so minutes of the first episode, we literally see like Andor is literally a victim of racism. Like it's two guys. They call him a word that I, I can't remember the exact word. It's basically a, a space version of a, a bad word. And like. He's just harassed by two guys that are just like, you know, they are abusing their power. They shouldn't be there. You know, they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And they're supposed to be the law. And they are just using their power to just enforce their will on this guy. And because of it, you know, one of them ends up accidentally killed. And then Andor kind of has to kill the other, you know, whether it's justified or not. It's how do, how can he trust this guy who just, you know, cornered him and they were going to do whatever they were going to do to him. And to see that explored in a Star Wars show, you know, a lot of people get, they think that, you know, uh, anything that has a political stance or anything that is, you know, real world shouldn't be explored in these things. And it's like, why would you even want to make these things if you're not going to, th these things, you know, something like Star Wars is going to get a lot of eyes on it. And yes, you know, you have people making their horrible YouTube videos with like the horrible you know racist and uh, crude thumbnails but you need this stuff because people need to see it and whether it's you know in a show that exists in a universe where there's little green men with lightsabers um when i saw that i was i was absolutely floored i knew we were in for something different once that was literally in like the first 10 minutes of the show it was crazy 
But that wasn't all of it. You also had no. the storyline with him searching for his sister, which leads yes. him into the kind of the underbelly that is yeah. going to be a big part of the series. He's just looking for his sister and he doesn't just go looking anywhere. He goes looking at a place where it's looking for escorts yeah. and companions. And you realize, oh, there's a little bit of like human trafficking underbelly here too. And nobody uses their real names. And the mystery opens up. And you, I mean, Diego Luna is really killing every quiet moment on the show. And there are a lot of pensive moments on the show. And there are a lot of people this is not this is not a show that exists in clear moralities mm -hmm. this is a show that has a lot of internal conflicts going on even with the quote-unquote bad guys like what i love is that uh these two officers are murdered in the first episode and then again in the pilot you have uh one of their peers say hey like we, we had a murderer in this area and the supervisor is like hey this is what you're gonna this is how you're gonna paint it like, I don't want you reporting it as a murder. I want you to report it as two people who got into a conflict in a place where they should, you know, they shouldn't have been. And I, I don't want the noise from this. Right. And so yeah. you start to get this, this even in like, it, it's not like uh, when you have Darth Vader and it's like, you know, he's bad yeah. in that first new hope. And then, you know, you know, that the Imperials are bad Yeah. here. You start to have these shaded moralities in every aspect of the show. Um, Nazinga Blake, I gotta throw her, uh, shout her out again. Uh, yeah, she is a great host, and not only that, uh, she hosts a Star Wars show. I'll tell you, um, she was at D23 and she hosts a Disney show. She says, I'm glad you guys are fans. I'm gonna let our D23 Inside Disney podcast, uh, that we're doing on Andor know that it is Geekscape approved. Uh, well, Nazinga, you are Geekscape approved as well. Um, even though she's talking, you know, Disney and, and, Star Wars and Marvel every week. I uh, wish you should come on Geekscape. That'd be fun. Um, I'll tell you, even though there's like some amazing, the action's awesome. I mean, just the look of this yes. show. Look, it looks the, the this this place where he lives, this rundown kind of like mining planet that he lives in, looks so much more real and populated than any of the stuff we've seen. Hmm. Uh, some of the stuff we see in Mandalorian, it feels like this, but but we haven't really seen this too much, yeah. and, it, and it just breathes. A real believable yeah. place it feels like um, yeah, a fully lived in town where like you can imagine people going to the rest of their lives it's not just you know they walk out of frame and they're gone like you there's, there's an ecosystem there's you know these people have a sense of community it, it doesn't just feel like oh i'm looking at you know whatever this isn't a real it feels really lived in and that's it's not easy to do but that's a staple of star wars and i think this show nails it you know as well if not better than many other examples that uh in star wars it also introduced Garrett, my favorite new Star Wars character. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Granite. This little yeah. dude was only on screen for maybe a minute. A little complaining yeah. shit talker <laughs> character. A <laughs> little alien dude. Um, I love this character. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back. Like you this little know. character, Granic. I don't know, man. Everybody comes back know. in Star Wars, you know. You never know. <laughs> I'll to see more Granic. You anything? I'm going to be reading uh, a book, and he's going to be in there, and I'll send you a picture of the passage when I read it. <laughs> like, oh, Granic's in this book. I want a whole book about Granic. You never know. Um, you never say never. That'd be amazing. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm trying to Google uh, the actor who plays Granic because he mm -hmm. is actually a uh, staple of. Um, he he's actually a staple of it's Kieran Shaw, who's a smaller yeah. actor, and he's a staple of a lot of um, Star Wars stuff. So uh, there's Granick. I have him up on screen. If you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, and he's amazing. Uh, I was laughing. I literally like I'm joking. <laughs> you think I'm joking? But I was laughing the entire time he's on on screen. I he's, he's just there to argue with his coworker, and I was like, this is so real and believable. He's having an argument with his coworker. And uh, that's something you don't see in Star Wars a lot when it's just like high concept plot yeah. in Star Wars. Nah, you see the people who live there, they're arguing with their with their coworkers like you do in your life. Look, I mean, hey, that's one of the beauties <laughs> of Star Wars is you can love the, the you know, you can love your Luke Skywalkers, you can love your Bosks, you know. <laughs> you can love everybody equally, you know. There, there's no... There's no power scaling. You can love... Some people love Darth Maul. Some people love, you know... Maydeen, people love to so see people. This is what I want, Dizzy. All right, you watching this? I know you're watching this. Uh, I want a Granick series where he runs in Tito, 
from Force Awakens, who is the if, let's just be clear, Tito should have been the original hero of the Force Awakens. Like, no offense to Ray, or I'm not going to start in on that argument that Ray this and that. Listen, Tito found BB1 fair and square. Was that BB1? Yeah, my bad, my bad. Thank you, thank you. That's what the award's for. Thank you, yeah. thank you, sir. Um, like Tito found BB8. He was on his little robotic horse. He found BB8 in the desert. Like BB8 is Tito's droid. And then Ray comes along and steals him. I would argue uses force powers to steal him um, and take BB8 and then goes off in this, you know, he adventure. A living being. He was, she be, Tito's trapping a living being. BB8's alive. He's trapping him in a net, you know. Right. Well, no, he belongs I to mean, Poe. He's property, you know, he's Poe's friend he, mm. he you know tito would have re- tito could have returned bb8 to, i don't to, know tito you know ray ray made it seem like he's not a savory character you know if you hang out with <laughs> Plot, your buddies with him i don't know if you're hey, a listen, savory character cassie and Amb- andor not, isn't necessarily a savory character he you know hangs on the underbelly he he owes a lot of people money yeah you think tito doesn't owe a lot of people money out there no, trying to collect know. junk in the desert i don't know i don't tr- i don't know if i trust tito he, he's okay, up to something I- this is what I want. I want a I want a Granite series with Tito, and uh, and who uh, who else we got in here? Um, who's who's a little droid guy who works on the droids? Does it literally? Oh, you mean Babu Frick? I was going to say Frick. if you just say Let's the droid it, guy, yeah. it doesn't no, really no, no, know. No, 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 no. I know. I know. I'm not you know, about just you know one of my favorite <laughs> new additions to Star, like one of the most uh, greatest additions to Star Wars in the High Republic book series. There's a character named Geode, and he has a rock. He has a yeah, rock. That makes sense. It makes and, sense. And like. The the passage you can tell that the writers all every writer in the High Republic when they get to write Geode they have the most fun because it's like this really long paragraph like Geode stood there stronger than any person had ever stood and it's just like a rock and so many people in the books would be like it's just a, a dumb rock and then you'll be reading a, no. a section in the third act and it's like heading into battle Geode was there how did he get here and it's like it's the great I love Geode I love you just it. have to suspend your disbelief and know that Geode is the man. Geo's awesome. Uh, awesome. Big Yanks is in the chat. He's yelling at me. He's like, it's Frick. Babu Frick. And I'm like, yeah, we've got a fan club going. We're going to start the Granite fan club. He's going to be Mandalorian season three. I'm in. Oh, yeah. I did hear that announcement that Babu Frick's going to show up in Mandalorian season. You give the people what they want. Give Granite a lightsaber. Uh, I don't know if you want to go so far as to giving granite a lightsaber uh nazinga says hey listen this may be a question a lot of geekscapers have how can i share this episode to give you all a shout out well easy enough the episode will be up on itunes and uh, apple podcasts and all of your podcatchers as soon as i post it and as soon as we finish recording this one it'll be up on the geekscape tv youtube channel there's tons of geekscape out there you don't need to share the live episode you can share it once uh, it's done but hey, you want to bring your you want to bring your friends in on the chat i need a little okay. publicity i'm trying to make it in the film industry i need a yeah, little Garrett, publicity what's going you on know, you, i know man. my stuff you, you graduate from film school i loved having you as a student but now like what are you doing you walking you like what are you doing i don't know man stealing hubcaps trying to make it make a make it make it day to day at this point uh <laughs> you know it's a it's a hard industry you know yeah uh, you know, I love it. it. It's the it's the mistress that you know you you love it, but it scorns you. I don't know why I said that, but yeah, I would it, go with both a blessing and a curse. Uh, it's like a it's like a sweet caress to your face, and then you get slapped across that right after. It's like that. I'm trying to learn a lot about your relationships. Hey, I no, not like what I'm play. learning about you, Garrett. Please, you know, it's just, it's a hard industry out there. Uh, you know, I write because if I don't, I get in trouble with. The man who is on the screen with me, uh, <laughs> or if you're listening, the man who's other the other voice. Uh, but you know, it's it's uh, it ain't easy out there. But I'm trying. You know, I want to do make my stuff. Us. I do say, hey Garrett, are you writing? Are you writing? And then he gets no reply for hours. <laughs> there's something you you know what? If you're a this little frustrated with the career right now, there's always something you could be doing for free. It only costs work and thought. Yeah. in time well, you got to be writing the only thing is my script pages aren't yet paying to keep the lights on i was actually i wish that the lights went off as i said that that would have been pretty dramatic but <laughs> i know uh, it's, it's, yes it is but, a rough you know, life i want to make it in this industry because i don't want to work retail again and i don't want to work a boring nine to five i'm a storyteller <laughs> i don't want to have to tell you where uh the uh, yard clippers are what aisle i've done that before oh, not fun oof. 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Emily, who I think you're familiar with, is on YouTube and watching the show, and she says it's like icy hot in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta love the entertainment industry. Yeah, I mean, the icy hot is supposed to help you, soothe you and like make you feel better. If you put it in the wrong places, though, it burns like you know. Weather, so Jack's body must be in disrepair. Just the fact he has to use icy hot, he has to use gold bond, he has now, to get this? help from the this? general. It's like he's who's this? Just... Listen, we don't live in your apartment. Can you, if you're gonna talk about somebody we don't know about, can it's you introduce him to the geeks? Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, Shaq. I thought you said Jack, your old roommate. He's got icy hot. Oh, Shaq is Shaq's body. Shaq competed at a professional level for like 20 years. Shaq's body is shambles. Yeah. You know, he wrestled a a match a couple years ago in uh, AW. He got put (laughs) to the table by Cody Rhodes. It was pretty crazy. Sure. Yeah, I saw that poor table. (laughs) Could you imagine Shaq landing on you? I know. Poor thing. Never took a chance. There's two of them, I think. (laughs) Okay. So, Garrett. I got to tell you how excited I am. Uh, HBO next year, they're going to be talking a little bit of video games. They've got this Last of Us adaptation. Um, Dude, this is Craig Mazin. He did the award-winning Chernobyl series, and now he is doing uh, this adaptation of The Last of Us. This looks great. There's a teaser trailer of Geekscapist. I'm in love with it. Um, You see Pedro Pascal um, playing Joel from Last of Us. It hits a lot of the beats from the game. The first game, you see some of the beats, I think, from the second game. I didn't play through the second game yet. Um, but all of The Last of Us beats are there. And if you're not familiar with The Last of Us, Geeks gave us, um, you know, it's one of the biggest video games around um, from Naughty Dog. And it's a, uh, a planet. It's like a, a Earth is starting to get uh, infected by a spore-like virus. Like this, 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 this like the cordyceps right and they transform you it's almost like turning you into zombies there's a little bit of walking dead feeling in this trailer there's actually a lot but the cordyceps are very aggressive and if you're infected you're infected and you start to mutate and then you start to want to kill people uh so of course society falls into disrepair and then uh this main character joel discovers a girl who may be immune to the cordyceps you learn in the uh in the game and he has to transport her across the united states where he, both humans and cordyceps are, are all trying to, to kill her. I mean, the, this uh, the, the the game jumps several years, so it starts on like the day that the the night that like the shit hits the fan, and then it jumps several years, and everything's in ruins for the most part, and everything is hostile. Um, and I mean, I love the game. I think Naughty Dog does an incredible job of like building game worlds and and building that stuff out and this looks like a pretty accurate like portrayal of that this looks great yeah uh when you watched the trailer you were stoked uh well uh i didn't watch the trailer as i say every time hashtag uh didn't didn't watch gonna see uh because i don't watch trailers for things i'm excited for uh i just don't uh i have i haven't willingly watched a trailer since 2017 um but that's fantastic yeah with that kind of discipline you should be writing this guy, this, this, <laughs> no, this, 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 this podcast like for 15 years. I think he can just, he can just take those little shots. Um, also, you haven't played yet. I mean, I know you have. You're like an adult man, so you have like a life. But you didn't play Last of Us Part Two. What are you doing, man? I'm sorry. Next I'm sorry. I, oh, as much as I love the world heart. of the game, um, it's not truly an open world game. It's very much on no, rails. That one, and that's the one. It's it's yeah. yeah. You're like I, it. Um, it, it it is a playable movie for the yes. most part. When you want, when you play one of these Naughty Dog games, the movies are phenomenal. If you're going to play a playable movie, play you know The Last yeah. of Us. Play one of these Naughty Dog games; they're phenomenal. But yeah. at the at the end of the day, like I'm a huge fan of open worlds. Like I will Platinum yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, which is a massive game, but it's open world, and like you have a lot of choices. And if you get bored with one aspect of the game, you can go explore other aspects. Here, you're very much on rails. You're very much following the, the narrative of the game. It's a f- fantastic narrative, but I I found a little bit of repetition going on in the by the time I was done with Last of Us One. Wow. I'll give it a breather, and then I'll jump into Last of Us Two. Yes, I played I played the original when I was 14 years old. Uh, even though it's rated right mature because <laughs> I'm a bad boy. Uh, and then I played the sequel when it came out, uh, and I love, I, I absolutely adore these games. Um, I think you know they are one of those things where they they just they transcend. Not not that games need to transcend anything, but it's like you know with films you have you have their films that like these are a perfect example of filmmaking of story of character of acting. 
last of us for games that you know in the same way you you know you can put forth a neat this comic is a perfect example mr like something recent like mr miracle or strange adventures mm-hmm. from tom king um i i love this world i love the characters i love the story it tells and something i'm really excited about you know there people always are talking about video game adaptations whether they work for you whether they don't um this series is uh, it has neil Druckmann who who directed and wrote for last of us and last of us part two. He, he wrote a good majority of this. I think I even saw, he may have directed an episode maybe, um, but he, he has been there from the, the ground floor. Um, yeah, that's the correct, that's the correct term. I thought yeah. I said that wrong. Um, he, and, and so what I'm really excited for is obviously you don't want to just put the game on the screen. And they've, they've said that, you know, it's a different medium. Um, so I'm interested to see how the story of The Last of Us translates to being uh, the medium of television. You know, they wanted to make a movie for many years, and I I don't think a movie would have worked just because of what the context of the story is. Like you said, there are time jumps. There are, for whether they're years, there's months, It's you are seeing this father-daughter relationship really grow between these two people. And yes, many films have been successful and done that. Look at a recent example like Logan. Um, but for this particular story, what they are trying to tell over, you know, them going through America and seeing different meeting with different people, seeing some people who have gotten stronger, uh, you know, who have, who have grown from the tragedies that they face and other people that have become more monstrous than any of the clickers that they're going to encounter. It's, I I love this world. And for me, it's like, yes, I enjoyed like the cordyceps, the clickers and all that. But for me, it's always been this story of, a father and a daughter, you know, in the first game you play as Joel, second game you play as Ellie, and you get to see this relationship from two sides. And oh, they're just, I, I love the story. It, uh, the, both the games have broke me in different ways. Um, and I just can't wait to see uh, what they're going to do, especially, you know, we know that there's one season for sure happening, but is it, is this one season the first game? What if they, you know, what if they get past the first game? Are they going to do, there is another time jump between the first and second game. Are they going to, you know, show stuff that we've never got to see in the game. It's just, there's, it's a whole world of possibilities. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I really cannot wait to see what they got cooking for the show. Well, let me tell you what's in the trailer then. I'm kidding. You don't, you don't Here's want everything know. that happened. Yeah. Here's the whole trailer breakdown. <laughs> Jared. Uh, since you're act, act, like actively avoiding the trailer, let me just break it all down for you. Okay, and ruin let's it. go. No, I'm not doing Shot that. I'm, no, listen, I, I, I would love to play more video games, but uh, wait, what am I talking about? Geeks gave us. I did spend the last week as my uh, as, as I was mentally trying to keep it together with all the stresses of <laughs> everything going on. I uh, went and uh, found found uh, some relaxation in video games. Of course, I'm talking about um, a return to one of my favorite places around Monkey Island. Uh, they have a brand new game that's out, uh, Return to Monkey Island. If you've listened to Geekscape for any number of episodes, sooner or later I'm going to talk about how much I love mm-hmm. Monkey Island. Monkey Island, uh, The Secret of Monkey Island was a, a game from 1990-91, one of the original text adventure games that LucasArts put out. And it, it's a puzzle game for the most part. Um, there have been five Monkey Island games before this. Secret of Monkey Island was the first one. Uh, LeChuck's Revenge is the second one, and it goes on and on. Uh, then suddenly in, like, I think July or August, there was suddenly an announcement that there was a brand new Monkey Island game and that it was going to be coming out uh, really fast on September 19th because it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. And the, suddenly uh, LucasArts was going to, like, make a brand new Monkey Island game, which I thought I was shocked by because a part of me thought that LucasArts when Disney acquired it was basically just going to be doing a lot of Star Wars games. And for the most part, that is very true. LucasArts has just been doing Star Wars game, Star Wars game, Star Wars game. Why wouldn't you? That's the moneymaker. And so a more obscure title like Monkey Island, like sure, it was an adventure game. Adventure game fans liked it in the 90s. You know, it it had its fandom, but it wasn't exactly a cash cow. Um but the fans are hardcore. Like I have Monkey Island stuff all over my office. Mm-hmm. I have um, some signed artwork in the hallway. I'm a massive Monkey Island fan. It's a fun game. It's hilarious. Um, it is a text-based adventure game. Um, and if you ever laugh at any of the stuff I do here on Geekscape, that's all Monkey Island. Like Monkey Island was like the beginning of like me appreciating don't? humor. What if if they you don't? don't, do not play Monkey. Hey, actually, you know what? If you want something funnier, Monkey Island. <laughs> Go to Monkey Island if you want something. What's funnier. with real humor? 
yeah if you want some actual humor go visit monkey island uh it is a puzzle game i will tell you though i had a little bit of uh, you know we've been playing these brand new games and for the most part puzzle games kind of died out a little bit um as you kind of went into the 2000s and things started speeding up on pcs like you didn't want to just play an adventure game you could play doom and then you could play like flying games and you could play call of duty and games were getting faster so there wasn't a whole lot of room to play an adventure game because basically an adventure game is you end up with an inventory system and when you run into a problem in any of the screens you basically just go through your inventory and try and combine things for solutions you're like okay well let me try this or if you find yourself in a dialogue tree with a character you just retry the dialogue tree until you have the solution that'll advance the story so for the most part adventure games were their own worst enemy because as games got faster and more technically impressive and had better graphics adventure games were still kind of a slow very readable story it was like an interactive book um and so they they just were part of an earlier era when i started return to monkey island first off the nostalgia like just washed over me i love hearing the music i love the brand new art style every part of it felt familiar that being said, when I started playing it and got back into the inventory solution system of saying like, hey, I've got this random, you know, one of the most famous inventory items in the original Monkey Island was a rubber chicken with a pulley in it. Yeah, you're going to use it. But you end up with a rubber chicken with a pulley in it. The game is hilarious. The game makes fun of itself a lot. Um, so I, when I got back into that, I was like, oh, I actually had to slow down my impatience with video games. Like I had to be like, okay, mm-hmm. no, Jonathan, you're actually going to read a lot or you're actually going to listen to the voice acting a lot. You're actually going to like let the story play out and you're going to appreciate it for the storytelling and the, the humor. It does all those things amazingly well. This is this mm-hmm. game is so much fun. Um, I would urge you, if you want to play this game, play the special editions that were published in the last 10 years of The Secret of Monkey Island and then LeChuck's Revenge and then you'll be ready for this game um you know this is the sixth game in the series but i would play this as the third game if you just want to play three games and get the whole story this is enough um it does allude to some of the other games in the series it makes jokes about all of it there's i don't know of a a game series that makes fun of itself or makes fun of video games as much as uh monk allen does and i gotta tell you one of the naughty dog directors is actually cameos in monkey allen i think i saw something about that it was awesome so yeah, it 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 it's kind of I mean Monkey Island's kind of an inside joke in video games hmm. to a sense. Like it was one of the earliest video games for a lot of people, and uh, it's one of the it's it's I mean this is still a goat as far as I'm concerned, hmm. especially for adventure games. Um, Lucas Arts made some of the best ones, uh, and uh, it was like Lucas Arts and Sierra. Those were like the hmm. if you want to play an adventure game, it was Lucas Arts and Sierra. And Lucas Arts, this is still quality. It's all the original people making the game again. I loved it. I, I beat it last night. Uh, I was sad to see it go. I might replay it soon. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed my return to my Island. It was awesome. Um, yeah. You know, it's not, the way you feel about Monkey Island is similar to how I feel about Kingdom Hearts. And you are a better man than I saying, yo, you only play these three. Yet, right? I tell people, no, if you're going to play Kingdom Hearts, you're going to play every single one. You're going to play the, the console ones. You're going to play the handheld ones. You're going to watch a movie that they have from the cutscenes from the phone game. And you're going to watch those for two hours. So you're yeah, a better man than I. I make everyone do it all. Uh, I think that Monkey Island 1, Monkey Island 2, they have special editions that are out, which mm-hmm. bring up the graphics yeah. and, the, and the gameplay quality. Uh, that's why I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, games a, 3, 4, 5... Tragedy were actually done by different development teams. Mm-hmm. So even though they're familiar and they're fun mm-hmm. and they're really funny, um, there's three games that have the Monkey Island yeah. like, top-tier magic, and it's those. Uh, it's, it's the first two in this last one. Um, we have a comment from Hollow9 on YouTube in the, in the, uh, on the show, and he says, Hey, listen, Jonathan should check out games like Danganronpa. Games like that are the new wave of adventure games, basically. And I say to you, Hollow 89, you said the magic word. Danganronpa! You're like, what the hell did Jonathan just yell that for? Well, Garrett, as my ward, let me just tell you straight up, Danganronpa has a special place in our hearts because Josh Jackson of Geekscape Games loves Danganronpa. Okay. And he won't stop talking about it. It's like one of his favorite <laughs> franchises. And it got so out of control with the Danganronpa that 
we there was a comic con where the first night of comic con we're hyper we're excited to see our friends for the first you know in a year we haven't seen since the last comic con matt kelly josh jackson shane o'hare derek and i walking around san diego and i'm so excited to see my friends and we're having fun it's nerd spring break i'm yelling dengan ropa everywhere (laughs) I don't even at that point. I didn't wow. even know what it was. I knew it was a game series. <laughs> I knew it was text-based adventure kind of stuff, like I love. Yeah. But I was just running around going Duncan Rumpa, awesome. like random, random. It was like my greeting. It was like my war cry. Yeah. People would just be walking around like, "Why is this guy yelling Duncan Rumpa? What the hell is a Duncan Rumpa? Duncan Rumpa?" Just because I heard Josh say it so many times. So, Geekscapus, when I see you at the next Comic Con, maybe LA Comic Con, that's how Geekscapus greet each other. Heck yeah. Dangan Rampa. Uh, Matt Kelly says, well, well, hold up. I actually wasn't there that year. No, Matt, haven't you been at every... That was the, that was the year before I started coming to SDCC That's again. when he left to become Nightwing. I don't understand. Like, Matt, I thought that since 2010, your first Comic-Con, you'd always been... You missed a year or two? Uh, that is not... That's not continuity for me. No, no, no. Matt Kelly he, he, left been, the, no. he left to go become Nightwing, okay? That was when he got yeah, his solo that was, book. That's and he like came, you know, darker period. Yeah, that's you know, what, he's Nightwing now, okay? That's when he went to make his uh, grunge album, his Mariah Carey grunge album. Huh. That was his phase right there. Matt Kelly, I forgive me. I thought that you were always at Comic-Con. Maybe if you'd have been there, I wouldn't have been running around yelling dink and romp at everybody. Matt would have kept me there. Uh, well, hold up. Uh, there was a five to six year space between me moving home from LA. Matt, are you telling me that you've been coming to, you've been a fixture of Geekscape at Comic Con since 2010, our first year with the booth? You've come to, you've been a part of Geekscape. You're telling me there were five or six years of that 12 year span that you weren't coming to Comic No, I don't believe you. I thought I you were. It, it's no. like a movie where we see all your memories and then we see them from other people's perspectives and Matt is just not there. Like you're talking to Matt and then everyone's like, what the heck is Lyndon doing? Who is Matt Kelly? He <laughs> was like, yeah. he's like somebody I just created yeah, in my all head. In your head. It's okay. Matt Kelly and I will just go play by ourselves. It's like, okay, Jonathan, he's a walking okay. away. Like a, I just have this ragged doll that I'm dragging. <laughs> Matt Kelly, why won't you sit up straight? He's just like falling over. Wow. Um, so Matt Kelly is either my first ward. Let's keep let's keep track. Uh, the one of the co-hosts of the very popular uh, Geekscape podcast, Horror Movie Night, or he's the beginning of my mental illness. Maybe he's your uh, Batmite. Yeah, he could be my Batmite. Matt, uh, he's, he's probably my, my Mister Misselflix. Yeah. Uh, he says I missed the first two years. Came for two years. Moved home from Los Angeles, and then it took me five years to get a job that had paid vacation time to come. No, that's not true, man. <laughs> no, he's wrong. No, no, no I don't Matt, care if you lived it. You're Matt, wrong. I understand that that's your life and that you lived it, but no, you're wrong. No. Nope. Matt's you're been at every. There. No, thanks, Matt. But I hate to call you a liar. You were at every Comic Con. Thank you. Goodbye. I just don't know how I would have survived Comic Con without that support structure that Matt. No, Matt, no. Do not miss another Comic Con. No. Uh, all right. Like, when I was in high school, Garrett, you went to high school recently. This nerd mm-hmm. stuff, the, you had the MCU. You had all this stuff. Yeah. It was super popular. When I was in high school, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. It was not so popular. I had a job at a Westlake Comic Books and Cards there in Austin. And the popular kids would get together in the parking lot outside the windows of the comic book store on Fridays mm-hmm. to, like, hang out do a little pre-party, and then they would drive away to their parties. I would be at the comic book store inside, and I'd come out and be like, hey, what are y'all up to? Y'all doing anything fun this weekend? Anything about Rom the Space Yeah, night. what do you think? What, yeah, <laughs> what do you think of Gen 13? And I would, <laughs> I would talk to these. You know, Rob Liefeld, he's a character. These are kids I would, it would literally know I would become friends with Rob Liefeld, so mm. eat it, popular kids in high school. Yeah. That being said, um, I would, I remember this very distinctly, and they cannot deny this. On Friday nights, when they were pre-partying in the parking lot of the high school behind the Popeyes, I would go out there and be like, hey, what are you all up to this weekend? They would say nothing. They would drive away in their trucks. I would go in and read my comic books and console myself because I knew that on Monday they would all be sharing stories of the party they went to on Friday night that I did not go to. Uh, Big Big Yanks goes, what works? Uh, Big Yanks, totally, you nailed the period. It was definitely the beginning of Image and What Works was a book that I hunted down and and got copies of. So basically, uh, what I want to say is, Garrett, 
Yeah. Whenever I need to console myself, as mm-hmm. I've had a very tough week, mm-hmm. whenever I've had to console myself, there are a lot of stressors going on in my life right now. I go to comics. Let's talk comics Ooh. now. Wasn't that a long intro for that? Yeah. Let's talk comics, baby. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about, let's talk about this big Marvel crossover, yeah. the Axe. This is the Avengers versus the X-Men versus the Eternals. Uh, I really thought that I was not going to want to read this. I thought this was a crossover that was one too, like a bit too much. Maybe mm. Marvel trying to put some value into the Eternals brand. Um, I got to tell you, I kind of love it. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm really kind of enjoying the Avengers X-Men Eternals storyline in the crossover. Incredible. Why is this working? Like, why do you think this storyline is working? Because it's way too many characters. Like, if you just tell an Eternal story, like in the movie... Yes. There's already too many characters. But then when you add the Avengers team, we're definitely more familiar with the Avengers now. Yeah. When you add the X-Men, and there's way too many X-Men characters, but we're familiar with the, the main ones. Um, why is this crossover working? It should it, be totally buckling under the pressure of way too many characters that it needs to satisfy. Something, I, you know, obviously they, they always plan out these big events at the retreats. But something I think has really helped is, uh, you know, Kieran Gillen is he is the main he is the anchor he is the architect of this story he wrote 12 issues of eternals uh he wrote some uh one shots that related to that and he's written all the the judgment day the main issues he's written he's at these even the three if you're watching the three one shots that are on the screen he wrote all three of those he he's writing the one of the main tie-ins um i think having a singular uh voice has really really helped not that previous events haven't had that but really it seems like Kieran Gillen and Kieran Gillen's even one of the X writers right now. He's writing Immortal X-Men. So he's in, he's in that office. He's in the Eternals office. He's working closely with Jason Aaron, who's writing Avengers right now. And I just, this book is, it's so many things. Like I feel like the most surface level way to look at it is it's, it's X-Men versus Eternals with the Avengers in the middle, how they pitched it. But really it is a story of, you know, the X-Men have, you know, they, they've been playing, they've been playing gods, you know, they, they, they have, kind of raise their stock on earth and they they have been playing with immortality and resurrection and you know it was only going to be a while before literal eternal beings like the eternals noticed that uh now led by druig who's not a great person uh and so he he you know that's going to be something that bothers him is like hey we we're the gods of earth you know we are their champions uh even though he wants to be a champion for a nefarious reason and then you have the avengers who are you know, yes, one of them is a god. You know, many of them have crazy space-varying powers, but they're our closest thing to the the humans. And I, I really like that the book is showcasing the everyday person who is literally on the ground as these gods are coming to judge. The gods of the gods are coming, you know, the celestials, the celestials are coming to yeah. judge. And I just think it, it's just so many interesting things. It's, it's immortality. It's heroism. It's, you know, what is right? Is it right that the X-Men are eternal? Is it right that the Eternals are eternal? Uh, who 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 gets to decide all these things? It's it, it's such a, a melting pot of so many fun ideas that I I really think that they're hitting it out out of the park. Uh, and the thing is, Geekscape is if, you, if we do not talk uh, as much comics as I'd like to on this show, but if you are kind of unfamiliar with what Garrett just said, the X Men in the last since during since the Hickman run that I've definitely recommended in 2019 uh, and since uh, since the the Jonathan Hickman stuff. The X Men have discovered five X Men who, when you combine their powers, can actually just resuscitate you if you die. Like you have Professor X, who you know who can remember your memories and store them in Cerebro. So when you die, you can just have your memories jacked by in your body. There's another X Men who can basically grow you, grow an egg, and there's another X Men that can create a you know a resuscitated mutant. So basically, if you combine these five important X you know mutant characters, you know if Garrett was to die tomorrow, I could just go back to Garrett's last reboot in the last last storage backup and i could just bring garrett back to life um and then it put the memories back in so basically the the x-men even though they are quote-unquote dying they're able to bring themselves back to life and keep fighting when the eternals who are the eternal kind of uh, stewards of life on earth discover that the x-men aren't dying they're like "Whoa, whoa wait a minute this is our job they're a little too powerful and they're a deviation of what they're supposed to be. Oh, we're going to classify them as deviants. We have to protect Earth from deviants. We have to get rid of the X-Men. And the Avengers are like, whoa, whoa, y'all are both our friends. Yeah. We don't want y'all fighting. What the hell's going on? And like you said, they got uh, thrown in the middle. It's not that black and white. I'm loving it. I think it, what's good is that even though there's the main storyline uh, book, you do have 
the same story is being covered a bit in the Avengers for that perspective, in the Eternals book for that perspective, in the X-Men book for that perspective, and then various single issues with other characters. So you're seeing a lot of the same narrative beats from the from the crossover being done from different perspectives and it kind of helps clarify what's been going on it doesn't move too fast for you to be like whoa, whoa, whoa too many characters what the hell's going on um you're able to see the same actions happen throughout yeah. um and ultimately it all boils down to the fact that yes the eternals worship the celestials the celestials are the ones who gave them the mission to be stewards of the earth they answer the celestials so tony stark and company are like you know what if they listen to the celestials let's make our own celestial because the avengers have been using a body of a celestial as their avengers mansion for the last yeah. couple of years so they bring that celestial back to life and the celestial immediately wakes up and is like yeah okay well i'm a god so i'm gonna judge uh if y'all don't pass i'm gonna destroy the earth <laughs> so they have 24 hours to find yeah. out if like morality on earth is salvageable or not and uh and that's kind of the brunt of the story is like like you said like is this world worth saving whose job is it to save it and if they don't figure that out the celestial is going to give all of planet earth a thumbs down and erase it and so it's kind of a fun it is a really uh fun story and i'm again i'm surprised at how organized it is yeah um i really like in recent years i like how marvel have been kind of structuring some of their events where they'll have a an event that usually is like, like for example, a couple years ago, we had Empire with a Y, um, which was Avengers Fantastic Four. And then they usually have an event that spins out of a book. So for there was King and Black for Venom. There was Devil's Reign for Daredevil, which was incredible. Both of those are incredible. I love both those books. Um, so I like how they are kind of, you know, one year you could get one that is the culmination of what's going on in a single story, like a single issue or uh, going on one series, I should say. And then you have another one that is built off the back of multiple series where they're all culminating. I, I really like how they've been structuring their events recently. Yeah, Marvel uh, has it together. That being said, I'm not a big fan of the Distinguished Competition. I'm reading some of the books. This Obviously, if Mark Wade writes it, I think World's Finest is fun. And, and I just picked up Batman versus Robin, which is the Mark Wade spinoff from World's Finest. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I've mm-hmm. been so behind on comics it's getting kind of embarrassing. I think my my bedside table is going to collapse under the pressure. I've been too busy playing Return of the Monkey Island and trying to keep my brain from cracking. Um, if you were to suggest something outside of the Marvel comics, what would you suggest? What's the good stuff to read, Garrett? Uh, I, I would say outside of Marvel and even outside of DC, the book I'm loving right now is uh, Do a Powerbomb. Uh, by it's from and it's image comic it is uh, written image and drawn comics, okay. by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, he most recently did a uh, a Beta Ray Bill miniseries that I I I known about. I didn't get a chance to read, and then the trade came out. I saw they were covering it on Comic Pop, a YouTube channel I'm a fan of, and so I immediately ran out and I, I bought it. And his his artwork is you know he he writes and draws his own stories, um, and his artwork is just so dynamic. It is so it's metal. It's awesome. And in that Beta Ray Bill book, something I, I immediately noticed was Beta Ray Bill uses a lot of wrestling moves. He's doing he's doing full bridge German suplexes. He's doing V triggers. <laughs> he's doing all these different things. And uh, or actually, Surter does a V trigger. Um, and so Daniel Warren Johnson uh, is currently writing a book uh, called Do a Powerbomb, and he's also drawing it. And he is a he is a much like myself. I became a wrestling fan in 2016. He became one in 2018. And he, like myself, has fallen in love with that medium of storytelling. Uh, wrestling, yes, it is predetermined. It's whatever you want to say, blah, 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 blah. Um, it is, it's a beautiful story. Like when stories actually come together, uh, they are just as rewarding as any long-form story you're going to watch. And so this book is about a woman whose mother died in the ring. And she is basically given a chance. She's been trying to be a wrestler herself, uh, but it just hasn't taken off yet. And she is basically... Entering a an otherworldly tournament where she will finally get her shot to be a wrestler, and it's like an, an afterlife. And it's it. I think the way someone described it is it's like pro wrestling meets like Dragon Ball Z, and it is so fun. I've only read the first issue so far just because I only have a few of the issues. One of the ones my store didn't have, so I had to buy it online. Um, which I recommend if you know go to your local comic book store, store, shop there first, and then if they don't have certain issues, I usually go online and I'll find them from a comic store online. Um, but yes, it is, it's so great. Even if you don't love pro wrestling, I think it is, uh, very much worth the read. And I think you will get something out of it. It's, it's great. Now, the eternal tournament ver like, like storyline kind of sounds really cool is, yeah. uh, this, you know, and I'm always up for the whole 
reclamation of your family's honor. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to take that recommendation. Uh, Geekscapers, if you haven't been watching the TikTok, I started a TikTok during Comic-Con, and I, every week I talk about the comics that I bought that week. It's pretty Marvel-heavy. It's also indie-heavy. Um, but if you want anything more diverse, I would say you should go and follow Garrett on uh, social media. He's at Garrett Briones, I think, on Instagram and Twitter, or just uh, Twitter is Garrett S. Briones with right between the T and the B because someone else got Garrett Briones before I could. Well, you Google Garrett Briones, you you will find him. I got to give a quick shout out while we're talking image. Our good friend Hannah Rose May, who is a former Geekscape guest, she should come back. I invited her to sign at the Geekscape booth and. The printer didn't actually send her books. So she was going to oh. sign at the booth this summer. She was going to sign at the Geekscape booth this summer. And she texted me and said, hey, I actually don't have my books yet. So I don't have anything to like sh- like show at Comic-Con yet. But she had this image book. And the great news this week is announced on Wednesday in Deadline that Don Cheadle has optioned her comic Rogues Gallery as a TV series. I don't know. what She's a producer on it. And Geekscape, as you can say, you know what? We knew Hannah way back when she was on Geekscape in, I think, 2017. So congrats, Hannah, on that one. Uh, that's awesome. It'd be kind of cool to have Don Cheadle producing your TV show. There's only one way to do that. You got to be writing, Garrett. <laughs> you see how I, I set you up for that one? Yeah, I didn't see it coming, you know? That was like a V-trigger to the face right there. I didn't see that well, coming. Well, you know what? I've got, you know, wrestling's in my family. Yeah. I'm not done teaching a lessons, even yeah. though I'm not leaving School's a grade. over, but the lessons never stop. The schooling has just begun, my ward. Well, you know what I'm going to do right after this podcast? I'm not going to write, but I will do it tomorrow. <laughs> I will rest, and then I'll do it tomorrow. That's great. We all need to rest. Uh, Geekscape, is, I've had a bit of a gauntlet that I've been running, mm. but you know what? The Geekscape is not going to stop. We're recording an episode, I think. I'm recording on an episode of Wednesday that I'll run next week. I have to talk about the talk to the publicist, see when the movie comes out that we're promoting. Um, but we're going to have fun, and that episode will be up on both this audio feed and our YouTube channel um, as soon as I'm allowed to release it. Uh, and it sounds like we're going to be doing a podcast right through the wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like the Matt Kelly red carpet, London Cox wedding spectacular, the Heidi Cox, Jonathan London wedding spectacular is going to be a Matt Kelly hosted event. So why not? Matt's podcasts are doing great on the network i am in love with seeing the numbers on the shows on the network everybody and i just have to thank you for being a part of that so if you enjoyed this episode it's been pretty geeky it's been pretty <laughs> awesome and there's been lots of love for all these awesome things uh that we love to read and celebrate and play um share this with your friends just hit the little share button send it to your friends say you got to listen to this or you got to watch this and you got to re- subscribe to this uh what also helps is if you leave a five-star review with some nice commentary on whatever podcast you're using to watch or listen to this on. And uh, that's about it. Let me check that. I did that. that. Cool. I I think that's pretty much all I have to say until next week. Geekscapers, I love you. Go follow Garrett on social media. He's got some fantastic opinions and uh, insights like you've had in the last hour. And we'll see you all next week. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 